Hey everybody, on this episode of Designated Survivor After Show, we're breaking down the season finale, episode 21, Brace for Impact. And helping us talk all about it is Agent Mike Ritter himself, LaMonica Grant. Let's do it! You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Oh, episode, same dance moves. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Designated Survivor After Show here on After Buzz TV. We are breaking down the season finale. That's it. 21 episodes in. Woo! We're doing it. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Ryan. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HappyGoJack. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Christine Alexis, and you can follow me all over social media at Christine Bean. Hey, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us this the entire season. We're so excited to talk tonight. If you would like to talk after this, you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at the only MC. Hey, guys. I'm Renee Ariel, and you can follow me on Instagram. Instagram and on Twitter at Renee Ariel and follow my blog sexingandthecity.com. And of course, folks, you can give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hop in the chat. Michael Klaus has got the iPad up and running, which means you can chime in. Share your thoughts about the season in general or this episode in particular. And why don't you throw in some questions for our very special guest, as I was mentioning, and I so dumbly mispronounced his last name, <laughs> Agent Mike Ritter, LaMonica Garrett. Joining there us in is. studio live. Woo! Hey, hey, yes. hey. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. That's awesome. So now, uh, real quick up top, all season, LaMonica, we've been doing... Uh, trying different flavors of Oreos. Uh, it's kind of sampling the different things. There are usually maybe some fan suggestions, things that we found as well. It's our last episode for the season, so we're going to do a quick little edition of cookies and cream. Thanks I, to the one and only Michael Klaus. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people wanted us to get the syrup waffles and waffles and syrup. and syrup. We couldn't find it. I looked at a place. You looked at three. three. I looked at two. So two. apparently it has not come to California yet. You, we can send the AfterBuzz address if you would like to send us some. <laughs> That's true. I, I su- yeah, support that. There so, you go. Yes. But in Waffles the meantime, and syrup. Right? Waffles and, so we have cookies and cream tonight. I'm so excited. You're it smells so good. <laughs> so as as Renee explained it, why, tell them why you're so excited about this flavor, Why Renee. are you so excited? Because Renee? it's like original, but there's more cookie. I'm, throw, I'm throwing one up to you. You got this? Yeah. Yes. Frank, are you Frank? You didn't get Frank. Let the right. rest of us have it first. Oh, oh gross. I'm nice touching all gentleman. of them. Oh, there we go. All right. Okay. All right. So uh, it looks normal, but it looks like it has some... Uh, Renee! Stuff. Renee didn't even wait. She was so excited <laughs> about this. She went right for it. Wow. Way to go. The all right. And I see LaMonica, he is your cream guy first before you get to the cookies. Yeah, yeah, I do a little. I'm the only weird one over here. Huh? <laughs> You're good. Yeah. She's quick and I'm weird. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Mm. Here we go. This is great. Mm. <laughs> Finally. Finally. I kind of forgot that we wait. <laughs> I took nope. a bite and I was like, oh. She was so excited. Oh, this is a flavor I really like. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it taste different than original? No. Are you a little sweeter? It's sweeter. exactly the same. It's a quality cookie. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know if I can really tell the difference between that and the OG flavor. It tastes exactly the same. Yeah. It tastes the same. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad which thing. Is, which is why Renee loves it so much. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's there always been my motto. Uh, now, one thing that we've been doing this episode, as uh, this whole season, as we've been trying the different Oreo flavors, <coughs> uh, one of our uh, loyal fans there, Tanya, has been so kind enough to do a little compilation reel of all our various reactions, specifically oh, no. Renee's, as we try Tanya, these. Tanya, we love you. So we're just going to play oh, no. just, a, just a few seconds of this, because it runs about eight minutes. I'm going to tweet out the link oh, after wow. the show so you guys can go back and just do an extended Oreo remix of all our Oreo adventures here. But, Steve, just play just a small sampling of this. Oh, my God. 
OG wow. one. Good times. That was it. Just remember those That's days there. That's when it there. started. <laughs> yeah. You're tuning in to oh, the there you go. Let, let it preamble on this one. Yep. yep. <laughs> After Buzz we TV. We did it. And now, let the buzz begin. Say one other thing is that this episode made me so mad, and there's only one thing I think that can really make me feel better after watching this episode. What is that? Oreos? Come back and stop the Oreos, oh, right? Jeez oh, Louise. All right. Oh, <laughs> don't worry, I got you. you Monica, where do you weigh in? Uh, yeah. Mega stuff, uh, yeah, double what? stuff, or regular regular Oreos? Regular. Ah, there you go. All Get right. out of here. You're done. done. I'm done. <laughs> done. Shortest interview ever. Go back to Toronto. Rap City. All right. We're good. Nice. All right, oh. so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as I mentioned, Tanya was so cool to be able to put this little compilation together, and I will tweet out the link afterwards so you guys can enjoy all of this. So, again, Tanya, thank you I'm so much for doing this. I'm excited to watch this. this that's awesome. Tanya, you have the graphics that you make every week for us fantastic. The support of tweeting it out, getting all the links out, and even everyone in the live chat. Want to say fantastic? We appreciate you guys. I feel like it's like summer camp, and at the end of summer camp, you like put together a little video, and this is our video. This is it. There this we go, guys. There you Your go. books. That's right. Yeah. Your books getting signed. All there you go. Summer, never change. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with the ladies, even though you don't need it. Oh, That's right. Whose book is that? Yeah, that was. Uh, trust me, many people. Nobody ever wrote that to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Roger Lopez. He had that written in a lot of his yearbooks. So not nah, not me though. Shout out to uh, Roger Lopez. Right, shout out to Roger Lopez. There you go. So uh, before we break into this episode in particular, uh, Monica, let's just talk about a little bit your start with Designated Survivor. Yeah. Uh, how did I uh, talk about a little bit of how you got involved with this? Did the script come your way? Did you? Did your agent reach out to you? I, uh, you know, it was pilot season, and I was working on last ship at the time, so I missed the first two auditions. And I, you know, my agent told me about the role. I was like, that sounds like a great role. And the people involved, I'm like, I got to get in that office. And they were able to work around my schedule from the last ship. So when I came in red, it went well. And then I came in a second time, it went well again. And the third time, it's just narrowing it down. Starts with a bunch of guys, and they consolidate. And the last time, it was uh, they called and said Kiefer wanted to, to read with me. I'm like, this is new. All right. <laughs> let's. So that was. Did you, uh, know, did you know at that point that he was the lead? Yeah, I knew okay. everyone. I think I was the last one to get cast out of everybody. Oh, wow. So okay. I knew, you know, you see in the trades, like, oh, they got Aiden. Oh, they got Italia. Oh, you know, Maggie's attached to it. Like, you know this is going to be a good show. Yeah. And then uh, I met with Kiefer, and before I left the building, my manager called and was like, yeah, you're the guy. So I'm like, oh. awesome. But what's it oh, like no. when you meet Kiefer for, for that? Can you can you just tell right away that you guys got something that's going to click? Humble, gracious dude. Like, we, we hit it off right away, and uh, it wasn't even reading with him. It was more like a, a meet and greet oh, kind cool. of thing. I read with the uh, casting director, but he was there, and. You know, we just hit it off. It was more like just getting to know each other a little bit. We're going to be around each other every day, and we work closely together, so you kind of yeah. get a you know idea of personalities and characters and that kind of stuff. So now with with this episode, certainly with the the pilot, basically it sets up that there there's a conspiracy running through the government, and a lot of the main characters that you get introduced to, you see the potential that they could be a bad guy. Yeah. You never know. Uh, did you ever feel like when you're doing the show, like, is Mike a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Did you ever have any doubt? I was hoping he stayed good. Yeah. I, You know, my research I did to with him, it was more of this guy had high character, 
moral fiber. You know, he's yeah. honest, and that's who he was. So, Mike, do you know about this show that uh, there was one panelist who stood up for you the entire time of being a good guy, and the other three thought that you were bad and kind of turned on you? You and know who that, you know well, who that one person was? Right here, because he brought it up. That's what, yeah. <laughs> that's my man right there. Double stuff, I'm good with the double stuff. Yes. We're back. <laughs> we're back now. <laughs> Everybody uh, thought Ritter was was like I stayed true. He was too good. I stayed yeah. true. I mean, you definitely were super suspicious I because was of how nice he seemed. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's always the nice ones. But those people exist. They're yeah. out there. Apparently. There know. are nice guys out couch. there, right? There are some <laughs> nice guys out there that stay nice. Hopefully, that doesn't change. But yeah, you. And really, I didn't want to disappoint my mom. My mom was the main one. Was like, you're not going to turn, are you? I'm like, no, mom, good. I hope. Oh my god. You know, <laughs> for now. Yeah, for now. <laughs> I want to so, th- throw out a question in the live chat because we, you know, we asked yes. them, and uh, an interesting question I thought was, if you could play one of the other roles on the show, Ooh. who would you play? I think Cal has a cool role. Cal, he, he mm-hmm. you know, those, uh, you know, those, uh, he has that comedic kind of. It's a, it's a different, it's a different take. Like mm-hmm. he's that. I don't want to say comic relief of the show, but he has those moments to where. He has that funny. He brings the funny and not even trying to bring it. And I heard his character, he was a speechwriter under Obama. Yeah. And so they used his expertise. Is that true? Can yeah, you he's, one of the, on uh, he's one of the people on the show that, yeah, this is good, this is good, this is legit, this is, you know, one of the consultants. Hmm. And, yeah, we have a couple cool. of consultants on the show, but he's one of them. Did, I go to him sometimes. I'm did, like, is this legit? Like, am I? He's like, oh, no, no, you're good, you're good. Did he share stories from when he was working with President Obama? He did. What do we got? A few. Something? None repeatable? They stay in yeah. the Oval oh, Office yeah, in Toronto. <laughs> but, yeah, he, uh, he he told us some fun stuff. And we got to meet. You know, he set up a trip for us, all of us to go to the White House. So the wow. whole cast got to go to the White House in, like, October, November. And we met a lot of his coworkers. And we went nice. for drinks and heard stories from all these guys. And, you know, it was it That was helped fun. you get in the mindset. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I met some of the Secret Service guys that were with – you know, Obama in his detail. Uh, Aiden met the chief of staff for Obama. Like it mm-hmm. was, we got to meet our counterparts. So that was that was fun. So cool. Man, that's and, and so I know you were saying that uh, you know uh, Cal gets to bring the comedy. But last episode when Chuck is basically trying to figure out who the mole is, and he turns to you uh, and he says, "Hey, look what I found!" And you're just sitting there, just kind of just reading. Yeah, that was a great moment right there. So don't say you're not bringing some of the comedy. Well, Ritter has his moments, but it's uh, it's. <laughs> They're few and far between. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you could be a Secret Service agent? I mean, you're a big-statured guy. You played football, physical. I think after, like, doing certain characters that I do, and I generally, like, play a lot of protective role characters, mm-hmm. you know, like Navy, Lieutenant, Sheriff, you know. I scream that I'll protect you when people look at me, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like I could do it to a certain extent, but Secret Service, like, they're those no dudes joke. are real deal. Like, yeah, it, part of your job description is to take a bullet for someone. Like, mm-hmm. mentally, you got to go there, and I don't know if I can do it in real life. I give those guys respect. Did uh, While you're talking to those counterparts, did they kind of give you any insight about how they kind of are able to just make that mental adjustment to be able to do a job like that? Not so much the adjustment, but they gave me little tidbits here and there of just how to be professional on the job and what that job entails. So, you know, mm. and the consultants we have do a good job of that, too. Like, little things, like, uh, you know, you, you wear a suit. First thing you want to do when you put a suit on is button the, mm-hmm. you know, it's James Bond type whatever. Yeah. But Secret Service, they never have their shirt, their jackets buttoned. They always got to be reaching. They for always got to be ready to go. So it's like, oh, all right, it's just it's the little things, well, specificity. 
Yeah. And the nice thing about Mike's role is that certainly he just started off, you know, being uh, a Secret Service, but his role is just kind of branched out, and he's got his fingers on a lot of different pies. Yeah, Mike's a uh, he's a utility knife in the White House. He, I equate everything to like the Matrix and, and sports. Like I get all my analogies mm-hmm. I need from the Matrix <laughs> or sports. And um, the Matrix, you know, when Keanu he's going in and he's like he plugs in a new drive and he takes it out, like oh, I know kung fu, you know, like he he. When I read the new scripts, I'm like, oh, wow, like, okay, he bowls. I like bowling. Like, try to find yourself <laughs> in the role, you know what I mean? And, like, with the laptop, and he has this background with computers, and, like, he's yeah. ever-evolving. So that's the fun part about the job. Mm-hmm. And you find a lot of yourself in that, and that's when it really makes it fun. And I see your role majorly increasing for season two. Obviously, with, with season one, we, we've had an arc here where you've increased in your role and what people know about you, and I see that increasing in season two. Yeah, hopefully. Well, you know. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> yeah. What we do know is obviously we we announced last week uh, that it is picked up for season two. Yep. Woo. You said yeah. filming starts. I know we we said last week I was talking with the manager of a uh, star. They said it's films in July. You guys go back up there. Yeah, like late you June, said, early July, we start back. Oh man. Yeah. Oh nice. Good now, times. are are you uh, as everybody in the cast as suspicious uh, of each other as the fans are of everyone? Do you kind of doubt everybody's motives and every scene that you're doing a scene uh, and as and every actor you're doing a scene with? We get the scripts and we know as far as that script goes. So at the end of that script, you know, I'll like I'll go to Aiden and be like, "Ooh, you dirty dog!" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't see it, man. You know, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. But you hope for redemption. You want your crew, you know, core people to stay around. But you didn't for a while. We didn't know who the mole was, just like the audience did. I tell you, it was just because of the casting. Uh, Reed Diamond usually plays kind of just like a heel turn in a lot of his roles. So yeah. this whole time, I was expecting him to do some kind of turn, and I'm, I'm glad he didn't because it's cool to be him, see him on the side of Angels at least for now. Yeah, Reed's awesome. Reed's a good dude. Me and him, we uh, we have our banter's back and forth. We have like a thing going on with David Guggenheim. We say we could, this is our spinoff. We're still in Ritter. We gotta, <laughs> you know, we'll make it now. I don't know what you can release about season two. Is there anything that you can tease the fans with? Everyone in the live chat, any spoilers? Any? We know that it's going to be another big season, you said. Yeah. What can you give us, anything? Well, this is what I got from Kiefer. Uh, he had he spoke with the upfronts the other day for ABC in New York. He said there's going to be three new principal characters, three new, you know. Oh. Good or bad? Who? That's that's mm. you know that's up for debate. And he said the uh, at the midseason break there's going to be something spectacular that happens. So your guess is as good as mine. I look forward to, to getting to that point. But okay. we're expecting another 21 episodes, another really long. Obviously, you said there's going to be a break, so yeah. we'll be back. That's right, and 21 different flavors of Oreos to try. So start start plugging harder. Oreos. Yeah. Get, Oreos. get that palate ready. Yeah. Someone <laughs> mentioned Pringles. Oh, that could be a good different thing. Yeah, flavors for, of Pringles. Yeah. That's I feel true. like we haven't gone through all the Oreos yet. There's still time, guys. We'll see. We'll see. All right, let's um, talk about right. the episode. I, wait, I do have one question. Go for um, it. Do you think Scott is alive? Oh, boy. <laughs> Come on. Scott. <laughs> Hannah's boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Scott, episode. yeah. I'm t- team Scott right here. <laughs> you know what's fun about that? When you have so many characters, and this show introduces a lot of characters, if you plan on being on for a while, you know, year after year after year, what that question she just asked, you know, that could come back up. And those true fans would be like, oh, you don't know about Scott? Yeah, you didn't see – yeah, you're not a true fan then. Yeah, like Scott was yeah. – you know, like one of those things. Like if in reality right now, 
the FBI former director Mueller is heading the new, you know, the uh, the council for the for the White House for all the stuff that's going on. He's a new character that just got introduced to this whole thing that goes on in reality. So it's new character characters are always coming in. And they brought him back. Like this episode, we saw the general back in. Yeah, yeah. General yeah. Catherine yeah. brought him back. He's great. You know, these great actors. They come. They go do their other stuff. They mm-hmm. come back. Who knows where yeah. they end up? Yeah. Well, we start this episode off with Hannah back underneath the FBI building with uh, a van full of explosives. And I, I don't know. I, still, I don't feel like this is the best setup by the conspirators because she was able just to get the van and just drive off to uh, to a lake and yeah. blow it up. Yeah, she felt like smart. she was like handcuffed to the wheel or something, and like she couldn't go anywhere. Like she was just chilling. Yeah. Back. I, well, maybe they were trying to make it seem like she was there voluntarily. If she was handcuffed, and it looked like a setup. That's, yeah. that's true. true. You couldn't frame it. You know, like it's she was there on her own they didn't think she'd wake up in time I guess the bomb it only had three minutes left so but Hannah she hauls butt she's able to clear some distance in three minutes she she's the metal to metal if you've watched any movie or TV show when you have a bomb you get to water because it contains yep. the explosion and they did just that uh, then the I do water. like we cut over to uh, Mike and Tom he, Tom's getting off the, the the chopper and Mike's filling him in and I like what you were saying while we were watching that scene and you were talking about you were talking about how cold it was that day it was you freezing it. out there and like sometimes <laughs> you You'll see some of the scenes and the like. Your lips go numb. You can't enunciate. It's just one mm. of those. You got to drink hot water in between the mm-hmm. takes. That's that Toronto life. That's that. <laughs> That's Toronto. And life. the opposite of that is when we're in the summertime shooting and it's supposed to be winter. We got trench coats, suits, you know, all that good warm clothing on, yeah. and it's 105 degrees out and humid, and it, you know everyone's just sweating, and I'm just sitting there just trying to be still and think cool thoughts but yeah (laughs) you got the extremes out there and you you deal with them (laughs) how easy is it to take a city like toronto and make it look like you're in washington dc it's a big city it's a big city it's uh it's they do a a great job of it it's fooled us yeah Yeah, that's true (laughs) so we do find out that of course uh forrestal's there to help hannah get out of trouble with the fbi of course i always like that where he's like you know you're gonna get a call from the white house yeah Yeah. that's right you know the president wants her out so right on cue that's right yeah (laughs) You were saying, and finally we get to figure out. Well, but now they have, they have a big discussion about Lloyd. Do mm-hmm. we have enough evidence to, to bring Lloyd in? And I know Forrestal's kind of cautioning, like we don't want to just bring a guy in to turn him around the next day. Yeah. But uh, the president's saying, no, we we don't know who the mole is. We gotta we gotta bring this guy in now. Did you appreciate the action? Yeah. Let's just get, yeah. let's just go get this guy. Yeah. yeah. It's the season finale. Like, what what were they gonna wait for? <laughs> go bigger, go home, right? Yeah, because I don't know how uh, you felt re- uh, in last episode where Mike is on the hunt for Whitaker, and just at the end of the episode they just cross paths briefly. And for us, I know as fans, we're like, "Come on, just <laughs> yeah. catch them already!" We've been that waiting was for a huge payoff. Yeah, and there's several times in the season where we're like, "Man!" And then even tonight, even tonight. He dies. Lozano dies, and you're like, you yeah. can't get anything from him. Yeah, you really? were going, you the were v- going furious. The, v- yeah. the VP gets shot. You know, can't get anything from him. We have several other deaths. We're like, we want to learn something. We want to get somewhere, and thankfully tonight paid off at the end. Yeah, there's been a lot of cryptic talk for the conspirators, but not enough. Like, well, like we don't even get to see Whitaker's debrief. After you, after you grab him, we never get to see the conversation that you Season have with him. Season two. Ah, ah. Yeah. That's, all we gotta, right. We got to suck you in. All right. We all can't right. give it all away. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that'd be nice. We're going to see you, uh, you know, playing good cop, bad cop with Whitaker. That would be pretty cool. Or bad cop, bad cop. No, that's true. Bad cop, worst cop. Bad cop, worst cop. Even better. <laughs> in Kirkman, in, in, in this scene, in a lot of scenes, he's very calm this episode. Did anybody else notice that or think when he's talking with people, he's like, even when he's like, oh, well, we're going to bring this person in. Oh, we're going to talk with Leonard. He seemed really calm. Was that just me? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what you need as a president. If you've got the, uh, he kind of sets the tone. If everybody, if he's flying off the handle, then I think that just kind of trickles down, don't you think? I agree. So if he's setting the tone, like, all right, we're going to be cool. He didn't even seem stressed, though. I think he low-key knew that this was probably coming to an end. Because even when he had that sit-down with Abe Leonard, he's like, the story's not finished yet. But, like, you can, you, I felt the energy this episode that something was going to happen and all the loose ends would have been tied. So I think he was just remaining calm to see how everything played out. Now, I, mean, I can understand the juggling act, and he does address that at the end of the episode. When you're the president and you promise transparency, but you also know there's an ongoing investigation that you can't start leaking all that, all those details and kind of potentially ruin that investigation. So you're kind of – how do you balance those two things of being honest and yet doing what's in the best interest of the country? Yeah, that's what he – you know, he showed the picture of uh, Roosevelt. Like they could have showed the pictures earlier, but they didn't because it's – I love that because I, I, I think that so often with uh, just the media portrayal the past 15 years maybe. If you look at FDR, no, nobody knew that FDR had polio and was in a wheelchair until after he got out of office. Yeah. To, the fact that's unfathomable almost that you were able to keep that secret of him being loaded into Air Force One from below on a wheelchair. Yeah. How that... I think today, like just social media today, a lot of stuff that happened back in the day wouldn't be possible today, and it's harder to disguise things and hide them. You know, it's just from everything, every aspect of life, like sports. Mm -hmm. Like imagine how Tiger Woods got in trouble. Imagine like DiMaggio and Babe Ruth back in New York back in the day. Like just, you know. Well, it's just something that, I don't know, it's easier these days to just uh, anonymously criticize or tear down something instead Mm -hmm. of trying to uh, support and build something up. For, for a greater good. Yeah. It's nothing that we don't see too often these days. Yeah. Uh, but we do find out that Hannah and everybody there are on the way to Lloyd's place. They know that he's in there, but by the time they get there, he has fled the coop. He's got a sweet tunnel underneath that house. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's quite a tunnel yeah. to it have in your closet. That was, that was, that was Andy Dufresne-like. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah. Just right behind that, that, that poster right there. Right. He, <laughs> I didn't see him. You know, he disappears. I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. Imagine, like, going over there for, like, a date and then being like, oh, I think I left my jacket in here and then just seeing that long tunnel. Because <laughs> I, I was wondering, like, were they going to close the book on everything with the Lloyd part of that whole conspiracy this season and then season two is a whole new different thing. But... I was wondering the same thing, but mm-hmm. I guess not. I no. There's still they, more to be seen. I think what fooled me is either last episode or two episodes ago, so to go when he gave the public speech. I mean, he was out there in front of a lot of supporters. So for me, I was thinking that he's going to come more into a public light. Yeah. yeah, and here they really just took him away, and I guess I was surprised by that. Yeah, the, the chips—they pushed him in, and he—he uh, he was the fall guy. Hmm. But who's he working with? Who's he working for? Like, where is he at right now? So, for you looking at it, how successful do you think Lloyd's efforts have been so far? Fifty-fifty, seventy-thirty. Where do you think he's at? I think seventy-thirty in his favor. I think seventy-thirty in his favor. He's somewhere with all this information. He has all that Pentagon information, and that's pretty much the key of what they wanted to do, aside from take the White House. They couldn't get the White House, but now they have all that information. So who knows what he does with it? Could sell it, could profit from it some other way. Who knows? But that's the the fun of it. I think, And I think that, you know, not to look forward to our predictions too much, but I think that 
excites me about season two is that he can't be in the U.S., so he's global. And so much of this season, they sprinkled in parts of, oh, how's your relationship with Russia and with the French and with the I think the Canadians were in there in Germany. And they mentioned all these places that is likely where Lloyd is going to go or come in from. And you're going to need that international help. Maybe that's why they had that episode with the NATO summit to, to further introduce yeah. those, you know, other countries and the alliances that he'd have to make with them later down the line, just seeing how their dynamic is now. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, especially what Mike's role would be in a season two if it was a more international sort of thing, because it's not really FBI purview, it's more CIA. Mm-hmm. And how does Mike, even though you're kind of a utility man, how do you kind of uh, operate on a global scale when you're also supposed to be kind of close to home on the White House? Would the president give Mike a green light with Hannah to go find out them two teaming up? Who knows? Yeah. Like, it, it's... <laughs> and you're going to be jumping out of a plane, I think I heard in season <laughs> two. Yeah, that, that, said... that, I didn't get that memo. That, that, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get that one. We were talking before the show. He said we were talking about skydiving. He said he's scared to death of, of flying and being up. So yeah. that is not something that we can probably expect in season two. If Ritter has a weakness, it's it's that that flying. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't do that. Now Hannah gets a really cool fight scene with Lozano. They kind of go go toe to toe this episode. You see a scene like that, and do you get jealous? Do you want to have an action scene of your own, or you're like, no way, I'm cool. Don't I don't need the fight scenes. No, I, I'd love some fight scenes. I she's badass at it. I mean, she. Does Man, that great. very well? Awesome. But I think there's enough fight scenes to go around. So yeah, maybe season two it'll be some more action for Ritter. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just looking cool in the in the <laughs> oval, just yeah, around. just be Ritter comes in and shuts fun down. Like yeah. if you guys are having fun too much, <laughs> Ritter comes in. No, we, shut the smiling down. We got business to tend to. I guarantee, and I'm gonna say this, and the live chat is gonna 100% back me up that we are excited that you did that because we only saw a snippet of Leo and you cut him out. Before we were actually able to get no Leo, with huh? Leo, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm going to say this, and I'm just going to say, live chat's going to be like, yes, thank goodness. <laughs> well, and and without that to be like an a Leo hate thing, but just in terms of just uh, the amount of different storylines in a show, yeah. certainly at the beginning of the series, uh, you know, you had scenes with Leo, kind of you know looking out for him as well, yeah. And it seemed like there were a lot of different tracks. You had the family side, you had the conspiracy side, and then you just had the rebuilding of the government side, yeah. And it seemed as the series progressed, you kind of lost a little bit of the family family parts of it in terms of being a family man and focused more on the conspiracy and the government. Yeah, you you know, first seasons you got to massage the tone, you got to get your identity, you got to find out what works and what doesn't work. So some things uh, people gravitate to, you know, towards more, and some storylines people might not want to see as much. I don't think it's gone, but I think it's you know just to get our foundation under us that we had to establish this first, and then you could start you know, like sprinkling in mm-hmm. different things here and there. But yeah, that's what it was. I mean, first five minutes, capital blew up, so that's what's really on people's minds Mm -hmm. who did this and why yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we were talking about i I read an interview uh, i think with uh kiefer about mid-season where he talked about there were like three overarching themes that they wanted to for the season uh the first one was obviously you know really excitement then they wanted to build relationships and then kind of set up and i think they did that really well yeah you saw even that in the middle episodes they really focused on characters and relationships and who people are and building their character Mm mm-hmm Thought that, you did a good job. That's the thing with television too. Like you tune in because of the relationships that you you're building with these people. Not so much plot. Like a movie, you can go for plot in two hours and be entertained. But the only reason you come to your couch and watch television each week is because certain characters that you just want to see what you, you you're invested in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we did a good job of you know everyone has their own favorite characters and 
you know, secondary and, you know, what's going to happen to him. So during the course of Hannah Lozano's fight, Lozano gets impaled on some on some barbed wire, some barbs of, of metal, and he dies. So uh, I know, Michael, you were disappointed was, about that. I can show you my notes, and it's Y with about 20 Ys <laughs> at the end with a couple question marks because it just seemed like the same old thing of, you know, you, you get a guy, you're so close, you have him there, you captured him, just like the VP, and then boom, dies. I'll give it up for uh, for Hannah though. She kept on ticking for that because when oh, Lozano picks her up over his head, and just throws her against the wall. Like, that was a brutal Louise. fight that scene. Was yes, yeah, 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 that was yeah. that was fun to watch. <laughs> I watched an interview with her recently that she was saying she does all her own stunts. Like yeah. she's getting tossed around like a rag doll. Like that was a crazy scene. Yeah, yeah, she's badass. But that like him dying in that way, it made for a bigger payoff when Ritter captured Whitaker. Mm-hmm. So it's like finally we got someone. Let's get some information out of him. Oh wait, you have to wait till season two. <laughs> yeah, I want to see what he has to say. But I love that the way that they did catch the mole was through um, Jason's email that he left for Hannah. Yeah, yes. it was like perfect, concrete proof. You can't. No one. No one's gonna mm. die, and we don't get something. It's right there. Yeah, and it was just irrefutable, and it was perfect. And I love that your character. Finally stopped um, the mole in the hallway. And was yeah, like, we need to talk. That was <laughs> last that, time. Ritter's been chasing him all season. Yes. Like, what? Did you think that Atwood had sent the information? Obviously, you get the script. We didn't week know. By week. You we get did. the, what was your thought though? I was hoping he did. I, I was hoping he had like he had all the information and he had his computer there. Yeah. If he didn't send it, why even show the computer? Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? I like, mm-hmm. but showing it in this episode after the fact. Because last week, people were asking me, like, did he send it? Did he send it? Like, <laughs> you know, we'll see. You know? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I really liked the timeline of it because I like that we saw Hannah looking, like, reading at our, watching the video, looking at the pictures, and then you're like, are they going to catch him? No, is it too late? Because you see him walking. He was heading for that door. And then Mike comes around the corner, and you don't think that it's, it's happening. You think it's happening at the same time. Yeah. But Hannah's already on it. Yeah. That was, nice, that was a nice later to the scene. Mm-hmm. So uh, we do find out that Lozano went to the Pentagon. Uh, we had Whitaker break in a little earlier into the White House, forge an, uh, an ID for Lorenzo uh, Lozano to get in, and then he hacks the defense systems there. And it's 583 acres. So I guess when you're trying to find a guy in the Pentagon, it's not as easy as you may think. Yeah. Especially when you're disrupting the security cameras, too. And you don't know what he looks like. So yeah. it's like it's needle in the haystack. Yeah. Needle think, in a bunch of needles. I, I think they have uh, nine levels to the Pentagon, nine official levels that people know about. And then I don't know how many are classified or, or that people don't know as yeah. far as levels underground. I think you have four or five above ground, five officially below ground. And then nobody knows how deep it goes. The place is huge. I don't. But would you also think that if you had some man that was kind of lurking around, would you want to secure any databases just to make sure that nobody is kind of infiltrating them? But who knows? Whitaker was good though. Like maybe his past, wherever he was, that he had access yeah. to things that yeah. might have been shut down. You know, otherwise, if he can control who the designated survivor is, yeah, he has access like to almost everything. He's good. Well, that's good. let's talk about a couple other characters that kind of had some arcs here this season. As Aaron went from being chief of staff to being on the outs to working with Hook Stratton to then being on the outs again to now defending Tom on the uh, on the television show and then helping him in terms of the investigation with General Cochran to now being welcomed back or almost like just forcefully told, like, you're coming back. I will make a job. I will draft you. I will do whatever I can. You're coming back to the White House. Are we happy where Aaron landed up? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm very happy. Yeah. 
because we weren't sure how we would see him as the show progressed because he was not he was no longer uh, mm -hmm. working at the White House at all. Do you do you trust him now? You for now, yeah. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to, yeah, I'll trust him. Yeah. And Aiden Kanto's a good guy, right? He, I mean, he's a, no, he's, he's awesome. Fun. He's, he's getting solid. married, I think. Yeah, coming up. Yeah, yeah, mid. -June. I just got married. Really? Yeah, two wow, weeks ago. Congrats. Congrats. Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. The whole cast, pretty much. Uh, Italia and Robbie, they are on their honeymoon right yep. now. I think. Yep. Like they were, uh, they got married October, November last year. Maggie's engaged with Dylan. Mm -hmm. Aiden gets married next month, so it's everyone's getting married. The whole cast is yeah. So is this Love a is show or air. a dating service? Exactly. That's what, <laughs> I think the prerequisite was us being engaged. We're good. All right, let's let's do it. That was the question that uh, uh, Kirkman asked you, right, when you were in the final. That's what interview. it was. Yeah. If you're not engaged, you can't. I'll take care of that <laughs> when I leave. <laughs> So, uh, so for for you, do you have any other suspicions of any of the other characters? Are you feeling everybody that you know on the show right now, like they're all good people? I think everybody's solid. I think yep. everybody's solid. I think new characters that are going to be introduced, they're going to have something significant. Uh, you know, I think they would be uh, villains. You know, like a whatever country he's in, whoever he's operating with, that would be something. I don't know, but I think our core group is solid. All right. The big yeah. question with Aaron, bringing him back in, what does that do to the Aaron and Emily situation? Do you see a future Sparks in their fly. relationship? Speaking of relationships, <laughs> do we see this going somewhere now that he's back in? Uh, if you're going to see it from any two people in the White House, it would probably be the two of them. But it is so weird because she will shut him down like nobody's business. So I don't know. I think she's very uh, focused I, on her <laughs> career right now. It's a no. better right. love story than like her and um, Seth, Seth. <laughs> which wow. I feel like was kind of teased a little bit with their like playful nature now that they're the only two left working in the White House but I was like please God don't go that route I, I, don't, I didn't think that was a good pairing I like her and um, Aaron the other thing I liked at the end of the episode is when Tom has all the ident uh, the information that he got from Edward's email that he shares it with Seth and Emily and Aaron as well it just kind of brings them all in when, uh, yeah. yeah, so I like that. You know, it's kind of reestablishing that that inner inner circle of people there. Mm -hmm. yeah. So and and I want to say that I did the prediction right with Abe Leonard, where Abe would come back on a high note. I called it. You did. Say this it again. Is all, this is all about. Uh, We're not doing this. Again. The Michael Klaus <laughs> ego stroking. Yeah. Yeah. We That's make right. predictions at the end of every episode. <laughs> sometimes when you're right. You can say stuff about it. Sometimes when you're wrong, other people will say stuff about Who's it. Who's been right so. more often out the group? Is, oh, is there a tally? We do it's keep a been, tally. No, yeah. it's been even. I like, there are times when we're all wrong. kind of right. And there yes. are times when, yeah, but I'm glad, and I'm glad, again, that the way they did that with him of uh, coming back. I used to be a news reporter, so. Oh, wow. I'm glad that news reporters are uh, held a little higher uh, in regard this episode. He was great. He did a great job. Yeah. No, it was cool. More Rob Morrow in season two? I would hope so. I, I think it's a, it's a cool so. dynamic. I think so, yeah. Uh, so as we mentioned, we get to see General Cochran back here for a little bit, and he's under house arrest, and at the end of the episode, he does get his ankle monitor removed, and he has such like a sour look on his face after he gets it removed, <laughs> and then he stands up and he leaves the scene. I'm like... What's up with this guy? What's that? What's he got going on? That could on? be something. That guy yeah. could be something. I, see, I was going to say, I see him coming back around if they want. You never know who they're their introducing side? or taking away. What? On, a, on their side? Yeah, good guy. I don't know. He looks so sour at the end of that. Wouldn't you He's be relieved? He's general. He's seen a lot of war. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. 
That just happens. Uh, and of course, always uh, you. Uh, we end the episode with a, a nice rousing speech with Tom Kirkman there before we get to the, the finding out what Lozano actually took. But Michael Klaus, I want to take a moment because you were not a big fan of Tom's speech. I think they built it up that he was going to release a lot of information. And even when he's giving it, members of Congress are like, wait, what happened? Like it was actually domestic terror. And then you stop. You didn't give any information on Lloyd, on Lozano, on VP, uh, and I felt that it was not honest enough. And then I thought it was kind of abrupt then when he gets done and you come in and kind of take him away and we get back to seriousness where it's just, oh, rousing, we're all going to do this together. But he doesn't give any information. And but I feel I like he feel needed to reveal something. Do you feel like that a lot of it's just going to be revealed in Abe Leonard's story, though? But if you're if you're actually wanting to work with Congress, they don't want to read something in a newspaper. You want to be able to have it come right from the from the. They want to mouth. be able to have, and I thought it was you know I thought the speech was great. And granted, they're giving a how long speech in two minutes that we actually see on TV. So you yeah. hope that some of that other stuff was mentioned. But uh, I don't know, especially with Bowman right there, who you've had major clashes with, other members of the con- congressional uh, caucus. I was hoping for a little more. I didn't mind it. I thought, you know, he did a very rousing thing. He said, uh, mentions the Berlin Wall. But, yeah. It'll be interesting to see uh, the dynamic between him and Bowman going into season Did you think two. it was a good speech? What thoughts? Yeah, I liked the speech. I thought it was good. I mean, I, I was working under the assumption, like, that they were just condensing it. And I'm yeah. sure, like, in real life, he would have said mm-hmm. more. And more things will reveal themselves as time goes on in the designated survival world. But for just what we needed for the finale... We got the the rousing, good, feel good moment at the end, and yeah, yeah I mean, I can see that you don't yeah. want to re repeat everything we've seen this whole entire episode. Yeah, Just, we know. Yeah, yeah, but maybe. Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, I think it was ultimately to move us, and I think they did that. I, I but like we know the information, and I think it would have been overkill to like go, well, like, let's make this a ten minute long speech and go through everything, you know. So we do leave it on the suspense of what uh, Lloyd is going to do with all this defense information that he's got from the United mm-hmm. States. And that's where we leave it going into season two. So, Mike, when did you guys wrap and what have you been doing since then? We wrapped uh, on the 25th. I got married on the 27th. Wow. April. So that was, yeah. Married came, here in L.A.? Yeah, in Malibu. Wow. Nice. So that wow. was like. Came right back home. Uh, honeymoon in June in Hawaii. Nice. And, uh Yeah. Let my facial hair grow out. Give my face a you know. Someone mentioned in the live chat, they're like, "With the scruff." Yeah, no, like we. I never shave that much. Like Ritter has to be so clean shaven, and I my face just gets irritated. Are you so. a five o'clock shadow guy? Where you even have to shave sometimes a couple times a day? If it's a fourteen hour day, yeah, I might have to shave later on in the day. Wow. Yeah, like I get Dedication. this is like a week or two or whatever, and I got to trim it down, yeah. but. Face was screaming, so I had to give my face a breather for a couple months and uh, get back at it. Were you clean-shaven for the wedding? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my wife liked that. That's the part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's not a big fan of the scruff. Well, she likes it, but in in the early stages of scruff, it doesn't – it's not as – And those pictures are, you know, you want them to be timeless, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. fashion might be, whatever, but – Scruff is yeah. always timeless. Come on. I'm with scruff. Like, I'm, you know, I'd rather be scruffy than clean shaven or full beard, but. Yeah. It's whatever. easy. Yeah. Too. So, uh, you're going to be honeymooning in June, and then you start uh, shooting back again uh, sometime in July. Uh, like late June. Yeah. But does she go back with you to Toronto? Is she she comes out uh, a couple times. Okay. Summertime. Wintertime, no one comes out and visits. <laughs> yeah, Nobody it, goes to Toronto. No, in the not in the winter. In the winter, I come home like every <laughs> other weekend, but yeah. 
And uh, I know uh, I was at the last year at the Tribeca Film Festival for your film, The Duke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was fun. Now, nice. I mean, it's certainly somebody who's played football as well. Yeah. So now having to deal with the story about a concussion and stuff. Yeah. What was it like? It's certainly concussions and football just kind of go hand in hand. That's the stories, at least right now. Yeah, it's they're synonymous. That. I mean, it's I played football, and I played with multiple concussions. So when that story, when the script came around, I told my manager I really want to do it. You know, it wasn't a lot of money involved, but it was more of I wanted to tell this guy's story. It just resonated with me. So mm-hmm. it was, it was, and I was shooting an NBC show at the time. So I would wrap the NBC show at like five, and then drive to Long Beach, get there by seven, work all night, sleep in my car, then go straight to Universal the next morning. It was like one of those kind of things going on. <laughs> but I really wanted to do it, and oh. it won a lot of awards, and people really liked it. So. You, know. I, you were saying about that time that you it was, you've never been more exhausted yet exhilarated. Yeah. What like, what is that feeling like? It's you're running around hopped up on caffeine. Your body's exhausted, but mentally you're just so stimulated and creative and you just that's what you dream of when you want to, you know, you think about acting. Is it one mm-hmm. of those situations where if you stop for any length of time you're going to immediately fall asleep? You Power just got to keep moving. Power nap. Yeah. Power like, nap. <laughs> if you close your eyes in that car, out cold yeah. like, <laughs> set the alarm six different you yeah. know backups and yeah. just and, and, and go through it all been there but yeah it's there. uh and then right when you get up you know you get your coffee going and you get going yeah so now what is it like when you're shooting uh football scenes for film as opposed to actually playing football when you're actually filming it for a production football scenes well, football, when you're playing it, you're not really thinking about, you know, cameras and I got to look this way or I got to whatever. You're just going out. Especially, I played linebacker. I played defense. So it was just reacting. Whatever you see in front of you, you go react. You go make contact. You, you know. But shooting football scenes is for film. You're doing it 20 or 30 times. You're killing yourself. You're, you know, and I did a lot of football commercials, too, like after football, before I got going in, you know, television and film. Football commercials are brutal. Like, you would just, you know, running, like, Mm -hmm. two train crashes, get up, go back, back to one, boom, at three in the morning, four in the morning. It's cold out, you know, uh, rain simulated, like, just the worst conditions, but it looks good on film. That's all that matters. You know, that's all that matters. (laughs) So you're doing that just over and over and over, but that's... That's what it is. So you're saying you're more sore and exhausted after doing a, a commercial or a production as Easy. opposed to actually playing a real game. Easy. Oof. All yeah. right. Sounds like fun, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, LaMonica, if they want to keep up to date with everything that you're doing, where's the best place to find you on social media? Uh, Twitter and Instagram, LaMonicaGarrett.com. Snapchat. I haven't snapped yet, but I, my name's on there. <laughs> Snapchat's, Snapchat's dying. Instagram, Snapchat's story. Yeah. Instagram yeah. story is where it is now. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Graham. Uh, Facebook, I have LaMonica Garrett uh, Facebook fan page. Nice. Yeah. Oh. Very nice. Well, we got to awesome. do season two predictions. Yeah. Sure, or a round round, super fast. Because who knows where it's going to go. After Buzz TV predictions. I think that Scott will come back. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I think, again, that, uh, that they are going to really take this international, and you're going to see them have to work with the French Prime Minister with uh, the leader of Germany, Britain. I feel like Lloyd is really going to be traveling. He's got connections all over the world. I hope that's where they take it. I also hope that they uh, kind of learn more about Whitaker, of his past. We never dug into that of how he got to be where he is. Position like that, you've built up years and years and years. Is this something, uh, opinions that he's held from the start, or did he get transformed while he was in office? 
something that I really hope they dive in on. Um, I predict that Lloyd is just one piece of a larger puzzle and that Ooh. we're going to see maybe now that it is going international, that it's something that maybe other countries might have had a hand in plotting um, this conspiracy before we even knew about it. So I think we'll find out more about that. Uh, I feel like uh, I, I guess I'll go with General Cochran. We I don't think you show him at the end of the episode if he's not going to play some impact mm-hmm. in season yeah. two. Why why waste that time? And uh, more fight scenes for Mike. What Let's do you hope? That. What do you hope? I hope that Ritter bowls a three hundred game, <laughs> <laughs> and he gets a girlfriend, and they celebrate together. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> uh, should we, we let's end as we began? Let's well, all do one last Oreo for the right. road. There we go. Do Please. it over here. Take one. Go, Frank. All right. There we go. Coming up to you. Boom. All right. Cookies and cream, a.k.a. regular, but delicious. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to do the... Oh, in in honor of a Monica, yes. There we go. Twist off. Always a twist off. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this entire season. We're excited to come back next fall to break down season two of Designated Survivor. But if you want to, uh, as always, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat. We really appreciate all your comments throughout the entire season. It made it a lot more fun. And special thank you to uh, Tanya for doing that really cool little Oreo retrospective. I'll tweet out the link for that Mm -hmm. so you guys can all check out that eight minutes of Oreo goodness. Absolutely. Renee's face is delightful. Where can they find you? Uh, You can't find me anywhere, guys. I'm a mystery. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Renee, where can they find you? You guys can follow me at Renee Ariel on Instagram and on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, at the only MC. Again, thank you so much to all of our live chat viewers. We mentioned Tanya. We got the truth. Ivan, Steven, the Asian filmmaker is tuned in lately. We really appreciate you. So many people. I see Joel Illman in here. A lot of people from Toronto. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. We are so excited to come back here when season two comes out, likely in the fall. Stay tuned. And you guys can find me all over social media at Christine Bean. Let's keep talking even though this season's over. It's been such a pleasure chatting it up with you guys all year. What's one thing you'd like to chat with them about during the hiatus? Um, we could talk about Scandal. That's oh. on tomorrow. Well, that's terrible. That's, that's we could talk about basketball. No, that's um, not, that's not right. Go Warriors. Yeah. Uh, right. More Oreos, oh, okay. maybe. All right. I'm liking that conversation. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Good Jackie, folks. And special, again, thank you. Uh, special thanks to LaMica Garrett for joining us. Thanks Ooh, for having me. everybody. Yeah. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you back here next season with another whole new season of the AfterBuzz TV After Show for Designated Survivor. That was a really awkward in- ex- exit intro. Exit, just terrible. This is, I did not stick the landing for the season. Way <laughs> better in season two. Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.